welcome to the Faith and Good Counsel Show, where we hope to inspire joy-filled lives through conversations at the crossroad of mental health, wellness, and faith. And now your host, Stacy Galino. What a joy to be back with you again today here on the Faith and Good Counsel Show. I'm Stacy Galino, your host. And I'm here again with the wonderful Erin Franco, the HumbleHandmade.com blogger. Hey there, Erin. Thanks so much for joining us here again on the show. Thanks, Stacy. I am so glad to be here. Well, you know, we mentioned in one of our past episodes that you and I had this real, to me, it was a real honor to be invited to offer a retreat back in January of 2018 for teachers. And and I remember thinking, and I think you were maybe along the same lines, what is it that we have to offer for teachers? And yet the Lord somehow called us there, and it was a really beautiful, beautiful day. And I loved your talk, and it had to do with self-care. And so that's our topic for today. But before we dive into that, I want to invite you all to visit me out at stacygalino.com, where you can find the show notes for this episode, as well as other content that you may find interesting or helpful. All right, Erin. So, you know, self-care is a term that I'm very familiar with, but I think it's taking on different context and different shades of meaning. For me, it, it, it's, it seems to be bubbling up in in our culture. I don't know if it it seems to be a a newish topic, but to me, it's been very familiar within the context of my nursing profession. You know, that was a a word um, I learned, or hyphenated word that I learned 30 plus years ago um, within the context of patient care, teaching and and, and encouraging patients toward self-care as they were able. So I wonder your take on self-care and and if you could just maybe take us a little bit through your, the talk that you offer to these teachers who received you so, so well. I think it was an important message for all of us in this day and time when we were running, running around so, so very busy and needing to recollect and have that time to take care of ourselves. It's kind of funny that I ended up giving this retreat for this group of teachers because I'm actually a homeschooling mom at the moment. <laughs> So we had a few laughs about that there. And I was thinking to myself, how can I relate to these teachers when I'm not sending my kids to their school? You know, I'm, I'm just choosing a different avenue for our kids' education. But what it came down to is that self-care is about being your best so that you can do your best work. For those teachers, it was doing their best work for teaching, for those kids that they love. They love their students. They love their classes. And for me, it's my family. It is educating my children as part of that right now. But I want to be my best so that I can do my best work. And ultimately, for God, because the the Bible says, whatever you do, do it with all of your heart as for God and not for men. That's one of my Mm. very favorite Bible verses, because when it comes down to it, honestly, a lot of times... If you're trying to do great work for for men, for your children or your husband or whoever that you're serving, you're not always going to feel like it's being received with thankfulness or, you know, people are, everybody's flawed, you know. But if you look at everything that you're doing as a yes to God and as doing the work that he's put in front of you at that moment and you're doing your best at it for his sake and for him, 
is such a game changer. It's it a different really worldview. It really, it almost, it creates a, th- that beautiful um, uh, experience, at least in my own in personal experience, of what the saints talk about, holy indifference to the responses of other people when you have that intention mm, of doing this for the Lord God Almighty. It just, it's so freeing. So I, I always start the talk by saying I have five children under nine years old at the time I was giving that talk. I spend a, and I homeschool at the moment. And so I, I spend a lot of time trying to not be stressed out. <laughs> a lot of time and energy trying to, to keep my head on my shoulders and not lose my mind. And I think the point is if we if we are not intentional about taking care of ourselves, we are gonna lose our minds. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, there are just some things that we need to think about, some habits of discernment that we have to have. Or we're going to lose our minds. And there are a lot of people losing their minds all around us in this yeah. culture. I mean, look at the self-help section in any bookstore. Oh, my. And that's, that's a big one, section. Exa- yeah. Exactly. It's just one example. Um, and then at the ballpark, it, you know, after Mass, every, we're all so busy. We're all a little bit stressed or a lot stressed more than it looks like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, self-care... There are just different um, different parts of it. There are different things that I did talk about in my talk that I think really helped me most of the time not lose my head. Yeah, and I think it harkens back to those expectations that I that we have of ourselves, those standards that we set that we you and I have talked about before. But in fact, I loved one of the points that that you you brought up in in your talk that had to do with self-care where self-care is not necessarily about doing more cuz we're already doing all of that right it's more about the being and really connecting back to what is true about ourselves as human person which, persons which then informs the doing right so the being informs the doing how can we reset that our reference point for everything is god it's his will for us. It's discerning what his will for our family is. And being a beloved daughter of God and figuring out what that looks like as a mom, as a wife, day to day, that can translate or, or extend or inform, I guess is the word, all of our decisions. It can inform how uh, what we sign our kids up for. Are we going to sign up for that last activity that is going to fill up the one day of the week that we could have had family dinner together. Mm. You know, it, those kinds of a thing, those kinds of things, it's, um, going back to your spiritual life and making sure that that is solid and keeping that as a reference point and making sure that that, as that reference point, that discernment of, does God really want me to be doing this? Does he, is he calling me for a change here or here or here? That is so important, even for the small things. I think a lot of us compartmentalize where we bring God into our lives. And there is one, um, you know, there we don't want to bring him into our scheduling or we don't think he really maybe cares about that. Or we don't bring him into our marriage as much as we should or into what, how we decide to parent our children. Um, there are, there are a lot of ways that I think we have to learn to as we go mm-hmm. that God cares about even the little things. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that we, we, without intending to, we don't even realize that we have split body and soul, the being and the doing. You mentioned that we compartmentalize, but it's, it's, it's the both and. And we're operating in this day and time under another 
uh, view of the human person that is not the one ordained by God. It's the view of the self versus the gift of self, which is how we were created. We were created in that Trinitarian communion of love, you know, between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which transcends into um from God to us, you know, into our marriages, to our children, to our co-workers, to the work we're doing right here. You know, so each and every human person is called to relationship, called to be a gift of self. And so that is a game changer. When you, you begin to be informed by that, that sense of being within how we're truly created, it changes you're doing. And so then it begins to eliminate a lot of that compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. So one of the points that you brought up is that, you know, as, as you began to reflect upon this being versus the doing with regard to self-care and, and within our creation, and in your particular season of life as a young mama, a young Mary mama of lots of children, right? A growing family. Michael, Michael Franco's quiver is very full. <laughs> it is very full, well, very busy. Exactly. But you know what? Our husbands and other people, right? No one can read our minds. And we have to ask, once we've kind of got that foundation built, okay, this is this is what I'm discerning, discerning is my next step here, based upon this gift of self view of the human person. You know, just take care of myself, right? I'm a beloved daughter of the Most High God. I cannot give away what, you know, what what is being asked of me if I don't take care of myself. So, but we have to ask for it, right? We have to tell others what we need. I love how you said reading our minds. We we really want someone to read our minds. We want someone to come in, swoop in, and say, "Girl, you are doing too much. <laughs> Get out of the house for the night and go read a book or." Go to go out to eat or whatever it is that fills you up and fills your tank up. I would love if my husband would know every time I'm a little bit stressed out and would swoop in and say, honey, I'm here. I got this. You go take care of yourself. But one thing I've learned in my little 10 years of marriage that is very helpful now is I have to ask him. They don't think the same they, way that we do. And it's not because... He's not a great husband. It really isn't. It's just that I have I've had to learn to ask. And I remember um I remember I had two I don't even remember. It was in the early early years and I think I had two or three very young children at home and I I had just started staying home and I was going a little crazy, going a little loopy. I had a friend who mentioned to me the day before somehow that she was headed out for her weekly night out that night. And I remember it stopped me in my tracks, this idea that she would get to go out and have a couple of hours to herself once a week. Like, what luxury. And so, of course, I said, huh, tell me a little more about this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went home and, um, and I told Michael a little about that. And I said, I think Tuesdays would be good, honey. And he was jumping up and down with joy, wasn't he? I'm sure he was. Not quite. Not I quite. think. And the thing is, we have to learn. I, I know that we've talked in another episode before. We have to learn as young mamas and wives that it is hard to pull all this stuff together. It's hard to take care of young children all day and all of the housework and all of the home management and whatever it, whatever else is on our plates at the time. And you feel like you should be able to handle it. You shouldn't need to go out once a week or whatever it is that you do regularly and intentionally to fill up. And our husbands have to learn that too. And it's okay that they have to learn that, that when you walk down the aisle, you aren't going to have things like that 100% figured out maybe for years. 
So anyway, that was a long way to say no. Michael did not jump up and down with joy (laughs) when I asked him if I could go out once a week and he would do bedtime with our little ones at the time. I'm just thinking about Glenn Galino's face. If I had done that 30 years ago, yeah, we carry on, Aaron. And 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 listen, I'm not saying let I'm not saying and don't don't get me wrong how I said it to Michael. I didn't say you have you have no choice in this matter and you not. should understand and I'm going to go out. I was very respectful, but I I said I really really am having a hard time. I think this would help me are you okay if I do this? I really think it'll help me out. And what are they going to say to that? You kill them with kindness if they don't have a great attitude about it and don't take it too much to heart. Because let me tell you, three or four months later, I was a different girl. Yes, I remember this. The fruits fruits of self-care are going to be so evident to your husband or your spouse if you if you just give it some time and don't feel like your marriage is going to the dogs because they don't understand for a little while. At least that was my experience. Yes. And I, and, and other conversations that I've had with, with Mike, I mean, he really, maybe he didn't get it at first, but he did get it. And mm-hmm. it, the, the whole family benefits, the whole yes. family. And that was what you needed to, as you say, fill your tank. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know, I actually have a, a great story too. My, a few years later, I had stopped doing the month, the weekly nights out for a while, but a few years later, we were going through a tough, tough time in our marriage and our family. It was, it was just really hard at that time. And it was during that time that Michael gave me the best gift he has ever given me. He called me from work one day and he said, Aaron, I got a hotel room downtown tonight just for you. Wow. I'm, I want you to pack a bag. And I'm going to go drop you off, and I'm going to pick you up at lunch tomorrow. Wow. See why I love Michael Franco? <laughs> he, uh, he That's understood, awesome. <laughs> yeah, he, he understood what would fill up my very depleted tank at that time. And it's my favorite gift he's ever given me. So, but this is an important point, because there are neurobiological, physiological reasons why we think differently, why he didn't initially... First of all, didn't read your mind and, and think, because he doesn't think like you. Y'all think differently. Mm-hmm. Our differences are what originally united us before the fall. And so now it, it causes us, you know, warfare. But there are physical reasons for this. You know, men's brains are different from women's brains and vice versa. There's, it just is. A, a man's brain, very briefly, without getting too far off, has a bigger space between the two larger hemispheres. Their brains are a little bit bigger than ours as women, a little bit heavier as women's, but as a woman's, excuse me. But there is less interconnectivity between the two hemispheres in the corpus callosum than there are in a woman's brain, which if you think about it, we see things, we have more interconnectivity. We see things relationally and less black and white, less compartmentalized. And these are generalizations that you generally see between the sexes, right? They're not hard and fast black and white things. But we, that's why we talk more, in, in, in essence, you know, one of the reasons, or at least one of the factors in that. So there's more we could talk about. But if you think about those that you approached him with respect, understanding that he does not think the same way that I do. You, you, you approached him with gentleness and you got what you needed. And then he was a convert. 
<laughs> he was a convert. He was on board. Love it. But he could not know what he doesn't mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there, you know, there's, it's, you know, you, you, I love that you said to approach him with respect and he respected you in return. I think it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and also take care of your spouse. Make yes. sure that your husband is getting the alone time or the buddy time that he needs within reason. Because when you do that, when they know that they have a teammate who's looking out for them, that is going to soften their hearts so much towards you. And I, I've seen that in my own marriage. And also, ladies, we all know that sometimes our husbands need things they don't know that they need. That's true. Especially um, man time with a good group of friends or a good, organ, you know, maybe a group at, at church or something like that. I push Michael out the door for certain things to be with certain people because I know that he's going to come back with a tank that he didn't even know was a little bit empty, all filled up. That's part of the feminine genius. And I think it takes time over the years for, for our husbands and for men to really trust that. At least that's been my experience. Um, But these are gifts that we have. There's the masculine genius and the feminine genius. And one of ours is to be able to see that's that relational. If you want to break it down into physiology, one of the reasons is the way our brains are made, but not that just our whole bodies, but we can see things that our husbands need because we are their Ezra connector, their divine help that God created us to be, that they are not yet aware of. And so that we encourage them with, with sweetness, we hope, and with gentleness to do this thing that we know that they need that they don't even know. Do you know? Absolutely. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And so we're, we've been married, Glenn and I now, 33 years, and he is a fan of feminine genius, let me tell you. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, Aaron, you and again, this is a beautiful. I think a one-hour talk that you've you've offered at least once that I know of, maybe other times in different contexts. But I know that you're available to come and and speak to others if they would like to contact you through your blog at humblehandmade.com to offer this full talk, which I highly recommend. I heard it the first time and it was fabulous, and I received from it. But you've talked today already about asking for that help. And we've, we've spoken about respecting the differences and where we are and the fact that we cannot read one another's minds and we cannot have the expectation that the other is going to automatically know what we need and mm-hmm. how maybe in, in, in essence to communicate to that one another respectfully, respecting one another's dignity, that you've, you've talked a little bit about carving out time for yourself and the need for that. I bet that you could talk a little bit, though, about the guilt that we might feel sometimes um, when we need to take that time away and we feel like I should not need to do that. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think women love to let ourselves feel guilty. Mm-hmm. We, we love to guilt trip ourselves. We feel guilty for doing something to take care of ourselves. We feel guilty for not taking care of ourselves. We feel guilty for saying no, for saying yes, for not doing X, Y, or Z. And the thing is, a a wise priest told me in confession a long, long time ago, he said, you cannot prevent thoughts from coming into your head. That's true. What you can do is you can prevent yourself from dwelling on those thoughts. That's right. Getting rid of guilt is not something you're going to be able to do, but throwing those thoughts out with the trash, when they do come into your mind, taking your thoughts captive to Christ, as so many of us have read that awesome verse, um... That is so important with guilt and comparison, too. I feel like they're like the twin sisters of mm-hmm. of plaguing women everywhere. 
guilt in comparison, right? Right. So, and I think with self-care, guilt does have a huge part in that as far as if we're going to leave the family, leave the baby, leave our husband, not do the dishes so we can go read a book. There are, there are so many ways that that can plague us. And we really need to take that thought captive and say, what have I done all day that has filled up my tank? Have I prayed? Have I read a book? Have I done a little bit of crafting? If that's what, you know, fills up your tank, it's, oh, we need to tell ourselves, we need to use our formation and tell ourselves when those thoughts come into our head, it is okay to take care of myself, to do something that I love, to take some of my time away from my family, even to do something that I love. And we'll talk about, I hope we get to talk about discerning our schedules a little bit as well, mm-hmm. you know, on the show today, but discerning your schedule so that you can make sure you have enough time to take care of yourself and not just everyone else. So important. Yeah. I mean, I think now's a great time. You've, 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 you've <laughs> begun the conversation and now we're, our, our curiosity has peaked, you know, what about discerning um, our schedules? Well, again, your reference point for everything should be our reference point should be going back. Okay. What is God's will for this? And it's sports. And it, I'm, I'm, my oldest is eight and a half now. And we've been in the kind of just getting our feet wet with sports. Some people have been hard hitting at it for years now, um, the way that our culture is with baseball and, you know, other things like that. But, but it is so easy to overcommit. And just, I'll tell you a story. Um, my husband and I try to, once a month, we try to have um, a, a prayerful dialogue together what are we doing with our lives? How are you doing? How am I doing? Is our schedule stressing us out? Like, is this where we need to be? And on a recent one toward the end of last school year, we, I was just burning out. I was burnt out. I was tired of driving all over town, even though we had really discerned things. We tried not to do too much during the year, but I was so tired. And it ended up that we cut out, um, Cub Scouts was one thing, that didn't make the cut again, just the, for us, we, it's a drive. There were several other reasons, but it was wise for us. We just decided not to continue, which I'm thankful for. And then also, even though we love our piano teacher for, um, my daughter, we had a 20 minute drive to her house. Mm. I would have to wake the two little babies in the house mm. up every week yeah. to go to it. And they'd be crying in the car for the 30 minute lesson, we'd spend twice as much time in the car as at the lesson and everyone's crying the whole time. Including you and, probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> No, really. I was just tempted to go through the coffee shop drive through every day, <laughs> which so anyway, but uh, avoiding the near occasion of um, temptation. Right. But we decided to switch teachers, even though we love the teacher and she's been great. And that was hard, but even things like that with discerning your schedule, like what's the drive time? Like, even though this teacher is wonderful, what is the strain on our family or on the mama? And so this is an important lesson, mamas. And I, I know that I've only been a mama for eight and a half years, but I feel like I wish I'd learned this before now. If mama is not doing well, then your family is not going to do well. Yes, that is you have so got, true. You have got to feel good about your schedule and not take care of everyone else so much around you that you're not taking care of yourself because it's going to blow up in your face and it's going to blow up in your children's faces when you're yelling, when you're crying, <laughs> when you're just going cuckoo. Just really shut down. I yeah. mean, you can really, I have seen yeah. women just really shut down. And some women have more, have resources in their lives, grandparents or their husband or 
ways that they can get kids to things that it's not an option for you and it's a bigger stressor on you. So again, put your blinders on. They have horses that are that pull carts. They put these things on the side of their eyes on each side, blinders, so that they can only see forward. You've got to have those blinders on so that you're not looking to the right or to the left at what Susie and Patty are doing. You're looking at what you think God is is saying yes to for you, what he's putting on your plate. And so don't look at Susie who can do baseball, soccer, and volunteer, and you know have her kids altar serve and not be crazy. Look at what you're doing and do it as best you can and sleep well at night. Oh, so important. I would say that goes way high on the list. Yeah. The sleep. You yes. have, absolutely have you Aaron, this is so, so beautiful. I love and, and kind of rounding that about, you know, the point that you made is we have to let God help us plan our schedule. Mm-hmm. So this is not just you sitting down with your really cool calendar, by the way, that you <laughs> have. I've seen it. <laughs> this is you in communion, in relationship with God, intentionally planning your your schedule and your family's schedule. So, I, and I love too that you made the point that we all, you, you've got those blinders on, keeping your eyes on the Lord, but also on your own family and your family's needs, realizing that we're all unique and unrepeatable as human persons, but also as families. And so the mm-hmm. level, the, you, you call it the, the threshold for busyness, is going to differ from family to family. Absolutely. And so knowing what's good for the Francos and, and this and that for Susie and Patty, whoever they are, <laughs> Susie and Patty's family, um, is going to differ from what's good for the Franco mm-hmm. family and others. So um, in our final couple of minutes here... I know that you talked a little bit about a personal journey, and maybe you feel comfortable sharing a little bit of that journey with us here today, but you talked a little bit about how the fact that some of our struggles aren't just spiritual. There's actually mm-hmm. some legitimate struggles that, that maybe we need a little outside help for. Absolutely. I'm happy to, to chat about that for a minute. There was definitely a time a few years ago uh, during just a rough time in my marriage, or we had lots of heavy crosses at the time. And I was praying my heart out. I thought that if I just prayed my heart out, then I'd be able to handle it. And I really, I got to a point where I couldn't. And I felt kind of like a, I don't know, a spiritual failure or something. Like I, I didn't have the right prayer. I needed to pray more or, or something because if I was praying right, it would, I, I'd be able to function better. And I couldn't. And so at that point, um, for me, for me personally, I did a little bit of counseling. I sought some some solid counseling out. And if you don't know what solid counseling is or haven't thought about it, ask email Stacy. Yes, and she, please. Um, there's a you need to get solid counseling. And I also went and talked to my doctor, and I said, we, you know, let's do some blood work. Let me tell you what's going on. What do you think is going on? And I ended up taking some medication for a short time, some different things happened and I ended up getting off of it. But, but I just, I needed to, I needed to get help to carry that cross. Your self-care. At that time. Because some, like I said, sometimes our struggles are not just spiritual. There's a physical, physiological component to it. And we can, I think a lot, a lot of, of women especially have, again, that, that evil guilt plague of women we feel guilty like we should be able to handle it. And so we, we take a lot of time before we ask for help. Yeah. I think you, you 
beautifully captured the split idea of the human person that we have in our modern culture. And we've had for really since the fall of mankind, it's come in new shiny names over the the millennia. But um, we definitely can either over spiritualize or over materialize or, you know, over emphasis on the physical. But in fact, we as human persons are body and soul together forever. We cannot be unintegrated, disintegrated. We are integrated human persons. And what is affecting us spiritually and emotionally and psychologically is going to have an effect physically and vice versa. So I want to thank you so much, Erin, for being with us today. Do check out Erin Franco's blog, thehumblehandmade.com, where you can find more of her her work there, her writing, uh, her podcast uh, from the past, which is still very evergreen and very current, the Right Heart podcast. And do consider inviting Erin to speak at your next event where she can share more about self-care, all of the goings on in her very busy and wonderful life, living the dream, Erin, as a young mama and a young wife. And I thank you for being with us and taking that time. You're so welcome. It was a pleasure. It is always a pleasure. And do visit me at stacygalindo.com and check out the show notes for today and other content that you might be interested in. And until we are together again, my friends, Pox Christie, I'll see you next time here on the Faith and Good Counselor Show. Bye-bye for now.